Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Friday, finally, November 10th. We are here live. We are, um, hold on, I want to check sound here. Uh, I'm having some weird issues in my own headset, so I'm just checking to make sure my sound's okay. Uh, checking with the team. So I am, uh, where am I? I am on 55 South, the state route, not the interstate, uh, heading to Destin. So I'm, I think I'm about a mile from the state line. Uh, if you travel down this way, right before you get to the uh, Florida state line, there's a little state park there on the left on a lake. I'm parked right on the lake. It's just beautiful. Uh, cloudy and overcast, drizzling a little bit, but uh, still a beautiful place. I'm parked in the grass, overlooking the lake. Kind of makes me want to get out and take a nap out there. But we are here. We are live. Um, does sound like I'm having a little bit of a sound quality issue, but uh, if you can hear me, we're just going with it today. I, I actually stopped and set up later than I wanted to. I was confused this morning as I was driving. I wasn't sure what time zone I was in. My phone was showing one thing. My watch was showing something else. And I thought I was stopping with an hour and 20 minutes to get ready when I was really only stopping with 20 minutes to get ready. So I didn't have time to really get set up and test things. So hopefully you can hear me and uh, hopefully the phones are going to work when we go to those. And then hopefully this is the last week where I'm on this tight of a schedule. Um, I don't feel like I've had a day off for about three weeks. And I don't feel like I've had more than about an hour of free time. And every time I have some free time, there's something to do, laundry or food prep or something. It seems like I just go to bed and get up and do it all over again. So um Kind of looking forward to kind of slowing down a little bit. I'm not really going to take any days off. Just uh, not going to work so hard outside of the show. I have a feeling this weekend might be more more work than pleasure, at least for my brain anyway. Uh, the interesting thing about this, I am very, very strict carnivore right now. Like, I would say about 99% in the last week to 10 days. I lost some weight that I really didn't want to lose. But as far as physical, my body, can't imagine feeling much better. I have, I, it's like I never run out of energy. I, every day I think, boy, it's just going to catch up with me today. I didn't get enough sleep. I'm going to need a nap later. And, and I'm still going strong at the end of that day physically. I am starting to really wear out mentally. And, uh, that's not a good place to be. So I need to need to just take a little bit of a break, get back to my stress protocol, build back the HRV a little bit. But it, it's really interesting that um, this strict of carnivore, what it's done to my energy levels and just like zero aches and pains. I mean, I can drive all day, don't get sore in the seat. I can be working all day. I will say this, though, it's not a commercial for my pillow, but I left home without mine, and I'm seriously thinking about ordering another one and having it shipped to me. I really like, if you've never tried a pillow, there really is a big difference. I love mine, and I can't believe how much I hate these pillows I have with me now. In fact, if I had any pain at all, sometimes I'm waking up with a little bit of a stiff neck that hurts some, but then it uh, 
tends to work itself out. So I am very happy with the results of the carnivore experience. Oh, um, I don't have a whole lot to talk about today. I mean, I can always talk about something, but it would be much better if you picked up the phone and called me and tell me what you want to talk about. Lines are wide open, and I'm just waiting for a call to get in here. I'll go straight to them. 855-950-3835. I believe Joel and Henry are going to be joining me. Let me check and see if we have any updates. Um, Yes, Joel. uh, How about Henry? I'm asking Morgan. Uh, We will be doing trucking technology and efficiency. Joel and Henry... We'll be with, oh, I was thinking of Alec. Yeah, Joel and Henry will be here. Uh, We'll see if Alec joins us today or not. So uh, that should be interesting. I have a couple things I want to talk to those guys about. So uh, one other thing, Um, I'm a little torn on this. I I really don't need um, another battle in my life right now. So uh, a while back, I was talking quite a bit about the new Owner-Operator Association, NOAA, the National Owner-Operator Association, and very critical of them, and that's not going to change. This group is a All right, so uh, see, I told you my brain is not working well. I had that problem last week where I thought their power kept going off, and it turned out I was leaning back and pressing a button, and I just did it again. I forgot to move it back to the place that it's where I can't do that. So we're here. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this group right now, but I I can't ignore this group, and I'll explain to you why. First off, it's just the attitude of the officers is just horrendous. These guys are so anti-business. I just want to make sure people stay far away or go check them out and see what you think. If you think they're worth joining and they've got a good message, uh, then join them. I, I think they have a horrible message. I think they have a horrible image already. They fight with everybody in the industry. Um, they have me completely blocked on social media because they don't like the questions that I an- ask them because they can't answer them. They've put together a whole list of services, but I went through them and it, that was kind of what got me wondering. Honestly, when I look at the officers and their attitude, I, I'm not sure how they pour piss out of a boot with the instructions on the bottom, seriously. And yet, pretty quickly, they've built up a, a list of services. And it's not easy to do that, but when you look at them, the fuel card doesn't have any discount that I can see. What's the point? Um, they have a dispatch service which is really probably an illegal, unlicensed broker. Uh, What else did they have? Um, Oh, factoring. They want to talk about predatory practices, and they partnered with a factoring company, one of the most predatory practices around because they hide the true cost of the money, and I have to fight constantly to try to explain to people how much that money is costing them. But I was going to ignore them. I really didn't think they would get much traction, except it, it turns out that they're trying to hide the person who's really running it behind the scenes, or it certainly seems like it. Now, when I say I don't want to battle, it's because I've, I've done, I've battled with this guy many times over the last 20 years, and I get tired of threats from his attorneys. 
I, I don't have an attorney. If I need to protect myself or fight against this, like I did with Chris in Delaware, I've got to go get an attorney. And I, I just hate that. Nothing gets settled in court. The only thing we're enriching are the attorneys with crap like that. But unfortunately, this guy who I'm not going to name right now loves attorneys because he's a crook and he needs them. Uh, that's all I'm going to say for right now. But, I, but I'm not going to let this fly under the radar. Uh, it seems to me like the whole point of this association is to use anger and emotion to get people to sign up so they get dues. I, I can't see any other purpose of the organization. They can't seem to distinguish between employees and business owners. Now, they say they're the National Owner Operator Association. They're currently on, on a strike or a protest. I, I'm sure you've noticed that there's, there's just not many trucks on the street now. In fact, we probably should be worried we might not get our groceries. Um, the funny thing is, though, when I see the sign that they put up of the protest, every person was holding a sign that said something like, all hours worked, all hours pay. We demand overtime pay. Well, well wait a minute. Are, are you guys representing owner-operators or employee drivers? They, they can't seem to distinguish. They all claim to be business owners, but I demand overtime pay said no business owner ever. I wish that I could just get minimum wage for every hour I've put into my business. I could retire. If you are demanding things like overtime pay and all pay for all hours worked, you're an employee and you sound like a union employee. Maybe you should go join a union instead of trying to protest business owners. It just makes us, the, the owner operators and small fleets who truly run a business, it makes us look bad. That's why I won't ignore it. it like I said, if I I, I started talking about them when they first hit the scene, when I realized who the officers were, I thought, well, they're not going to get anywhere with this. And then they did. But now I know why. There's somebody else behind the scenes. So I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm going to make sure people do some due diligence before you decide to join them or not join them. They are also pushing very heavy for broker transparency. They actually want to bring financial regulation back to the market. And this shows how ignorant they are. When I ask them if, if, and it will never, ever happen, if you manage to get financial regulation back in the industry, that means the government would be controlling the rates. That's how that works. They don't seem to understand that or they won't answer any questions about it. It's a race to the bottom if there is transparency. And if we were to have financial regulation, one of the questions I ask them is who decides what authority has to be canceled and what are you going to do if they cancel your authority? Because that's the only way this can work. That's how regulation worked prior to the Motor Carrier Act of 1980. The government controlled the rates by controlling who had authority down to each lane. Most lanes Carriers did not have authority in both directions. If you went from Cleveland to San Antonio because you had authority in that lane, most of the time you didn't have authority on the way back. Either ran empty or you trip leased, and that was just complicated, or you ran empty and that's inefficient. It was a mess, and it's socialism. 
And yet they want that back. So, like I say, I really don't want another battle, but I'm sure at some point I'm probably going to end up with one. But I I just, I I will not let this kind of anti-business crap go on in the industry without at least pointing it out. Let's, uh, Let's go to Texas to get started. Shane, welcome to the program. Oh, hold on a second. I uh, forgot one step when I restarted everything here. Hopefully I get through this show today without too many more issues and I can go take a break. Um, Try now. Hey, Kevin, can you hear me? That's much better. Go ahead. Can you hear me? I can. All right. Good morning. Hope hope the maters had you sleep well last night. Yeah, you know, I, I... I was I didn't realize there was a lot of tryptophan in potato or tomatoes, but it must be because I was really tired last night and I did sleep good. Good deal. Good deal. I just wanted to point out on your way to Destin, if you stop by the Oasis truck stop there on I Chen, they carry the my pillows in that truck stop and you can pick one up and not have one shipped to you. You're kidding me. That is absolutely perfect because no, I, need, I need to get to stop and get fuel anyway, and I was going to stop somewhere there at I-10. That's awesome. Thank you. Yep. The, the Oasis, they got good, clean fuel. It's a little bit on the expensive side. I always had the Nastic fuel card, but um, but their fuel's clean, um, and they carried my pillows in there. I'll pick one up last year. Um, yeah, I just so. thought of something else. There you go. I, I, I figure... You know, David has some some guidelines on who can get the fuel card. And, you know, sometimes you have to go through their training. And um, I don't know why I haven't asked him to give me one. I think you need to be an honorary member. I think so, too. I think I'm going to have to ask him this yep. weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, they, they carry the my pillows and our fuel's clean. So, um, you know, two key points on your on your trip to a little R&R. That, uh that's pretty awesome. I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, when I get fuel, I go in, I get fuel, and I get out. I don't wander around the stores, and I don't eat in there, and I, I don't even get coffee because I've got all that with me. But um, I'm so glad you called me. That's uh, that's perfect. Absolutely. Awesome. Good deal. Well, y'all, y'all have a great day, and uh, I'll be listening as much as I can. Thanks for the call and the tip. I appreciate it. I love our tribe. Somebody listen, listening always has the answer or good advice. Let's go to Texas. Daniel, welcome. Oh? Yes. What's on your mind? Hi. Yeah, Um. so I'm a truck driver. Uh, we talked before. I called once before. My name is Daniel. Um, yeah, uh, I'm 30, and my driving leg, well, my foot, and my basically my ankle, it, my, I, I know it's um, not really it's a health question, but it's free fault. But oh, yeah. I well, have, well. like, the, my veins coming out. On my legs. Yeah, so are... Like my ankles to my feet. Are they starting to look like... You know what varicose veins are? Yeah. Are they starting to look like that? A little bit. And when I sleep, I wake up in the morning, it's gone, but at the end of the day, it's back. Okay. So if you've listened to the show, and you have, you've called me about health, you know what my next question's going to be, right? My diet. Yes. Tell me about I had a question about that too because I I mostly eat uh, I'm I'm a, I'm Cuban so I eat rice beans and 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 meat. Well, well what I usually well, eat all the time I cook my own stuff. Well, stop it. Okay. okay, so no rice. White rice. Well, let let's talk about where you are metabolically because that determines the answer. Do you want to lose any weight or are you happy okay. with your weight? 
Yeah. You One lose weight. Okay, then that's easy. No rice. None. No beans. Stick to the meat. It'll clear up fast. Now, I have some other advice on the veins, but I always start with diet first because the better your diet is, the better results we're going to get. And in this case, we can virtually eliminate this if you clean up your diet um, right now. How much weight would you want to lose? What would be your ideal weight? How much do you have to lose to get there? I'm about 240, 235 right now. Uh, I want to get down to like 200, maybe eventually 180. uh, Well, so when you say eventually 180, that's the number I'm looking for. Your ideal weight. And there's no reason you won't get there. You, you'll, in fact, you'll probably get there pretty quick. You're younger. Have you ever had your A1C checked? Do you know the number? I have not. I, okay. I actually go have a doctor's appointment coming on the 16th. Back home in Florida, where you're going, but not not where you're going, but in Florida. Yeah. I'll have to do some blood work just to get everything checked out, and I was thinking about sending it over to you so you could see what it looks like. Yeah, you, you should probably spend a month in the, uh, at least a month in the, health coaching program, and then I can do a good deep analysis of the blood work. On the air, I mean, I can only look for the big things. Um, when I've got time, I can really take my time and kind of look through. It's kind of like, you know, I, I wish I was as good on blood work as I am on oil samples, but I'm just not. It takes me more time. Um, one of these days I'll get there because I, I do enough of it. I should get better. So here's the other thing. It, it, the stricter you are on that diet, the sooner you're going to get to 180. Um, I, I will tell you what happens when somebody goes pretty strict carnivore. We get their digestion taken care of. As long as there aren't some really big stress issues, we're all stressed. But as long as there isn't anything major, you could go to two from 240 to 180 in less than six months. Probably closer okay, to three. Yeah, that that you know, meat, eggs, fish, throwing a salad in here and there's not that big of a deal. I would stay away from things like rice and beans, pretty um, energy dense. So we we and you don't need them. So yeah, the, the more meat you eat, the better. Throw in some low carb veggies if you need a break, you know, and, and you want something a little fresher. That's fine. Uh, it's also I've been to trying st- to do a lot of that lately. I- yeah, go ahead. I've been doing eggs, uh, with ham, and uh, dinner I do beef, ground beef or pork. Yep, perfect. But sometimes I throw in that rice for, I guess you could call it like a filler. And, and yeah, and I remember you gotta eat that. more meat to take away the filler, I guess. Yeah, I remember that thinking I needed that starch as a filler. It kind of gives us that, that feel a little more feeling of satisfaction sometimes when we're eating. Here's what I have found, and this is the first I've been recommending carnivore carnivore for years, and I, I I'm always carnivore-ish. But this is the first time I've ever done true strict carnivore, and it only took uh, maybe a week. And those kind of cravings for that filler, wanting a little bit of rice or potato or something like that at a meal, just, it completely disappeared. I don't crave anything sweet anymore. I used to crave something a little sweet right after I would eat. Uh, I, I don't even crave that anymore. So I, I, I tell people all the time, I usually eat fruit and fruit is part of a carnivore diet for me, but I'm finding that I'm not eating it. I, I don't really have time. I haven't had time to shop. I haven't even had time to order Instacart. Uh, and I've been moving around so much that I, I ran out of fruit probably 10 days ago. 
and I haven't eaten any since. And I, I, I totally lost the craving for it. And now when I eat meat and eggs and a little bit of dairy here and there, I, I'm completely satisfied. And it's made it very easy for me to fast. And, and I wasn't just fasting on purpose. It's just that I'm so busy, it's easier not to eat. So many, many days yep. I go all day without eating and I'll eat something small right before I go to bed. And that's, that's been about it. The other thing I will tell you, there's another powerful therapy to fix these veins. It's cold plunges. Okay. Not, not so much showers for this. Showers will help. And if you are taking showers, I would finish them cold. But if you can do cold plunges, and even if it's only your legs, even if it's only your, your calves from the knees down. So if you can find a, a big enough container and buy a couple bags of ice and fill it up with water and stick your legs in there and stay as long as you can stand it. And then if you finish your yeah, shower. The funny thing is, it's only on my driving leg. Well, then only stick your driving leg in if you want. But <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah. The, the, so we can stick that one leg in there and affect it directly. You can stick two legs in and get just a, a, a bigger benefit. And if you had the opportunity and you yeah. could take a true ice bath, you'd get the best benefit. And that's why I said also include the cold showers. But we want to target that leg directly. And, and you can make big improvements by... Um, cold plunging just that part of your leg. Right, I'm gonna try that out and see how that one comes out. in. yeah, I've, I mean, I've been trying to. I, I could tell by just starting to eat uh, just more um, eggs and and just uh, carnivore. Just eat carnivore. I know I have the rice this guy can cut it out, but other than that, I felt more. I have more energy, and I I stopped sugar. I stopped eating bread, so it, I can feel more energy in, in me and. Uh, Good. You know, as young as I am, energy is always normal anyways, but I can feel more now. Well, here's the thing. You, you think that your energy is normal. Well, you've never experienced anything else. And now you have. Now you say, oh, but I have even more energy. Well, well maybe the more energy yep. is actually normal. And I will tell you it is. So when we eat the standard American diet, I don't care what age you are, it, it, it drains our energy. It, it does not give us yeah. energy. It drains our energy. It slows us down. It gives us brain fog. It hurts our joints and our muscles. And so when you go clean, now you are experiencing what is normal. This is how we are supposed to feel. Okay. And I have one more question about that uh, $12 uh, thing you have going on. What exactly is, uh, how, what, what are the things that come with that $12? So you get the, the, the membership to our tribe site, and on our tribe site are a lot of resources. Like all of our protocols for health are, are there available to you, and you get access to all of our courses. Those are big. Some of our courses we used to charge $200-plus for. Some of our courses were $40. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one who called in saying that I was new into trucking and I wanted to get into it. You told me you had courses. They were on CDs back in the day, and now you got new ones coming out. They're, they're all online. They are all currently accessible on the Tribe site, and you get unlimited access to all of the courses for 12 bucks a month. There, there's, if I, I, hey, I, if I had to guess, if I had to go, well, hold on. Don't use the word coach yet because that's our coaching program, which is different. I'll explain that in a second. 
Okay. The, if I had to just off the top of my head try to run through all the courses we have on there and how much money we charge for those or used to charge for those courses in Let's Truck University, uh, I yeah. have to believe we were around five or $600 worth of courses if you tried to take them all. And now you're going to get access to all of yeah. that material for 12 bucks a month. Okay. Now, the, the coaching, the courses are all you study on your own. You go through it at your pace, whenever you want, you study it on your own. The coaching program that we just launched yesterday, there are two coaching programs, but when you sign up, you yeah. get access to both of them. The cost for that right now, if you sign up, would be $52 a month, and it will be $52 yeah, a month perfect. for lifetime as long as you don't quit. If you quit and come back, then it's $72 yeah. a month, which is the regular price. Yeah. Now, in there, you get personal one-on-one right, -on time with me. I mean, as much as you need, as if you're staying in the course, you, you yeah. always have access to me. We will go much deeper. Uh, if it's health-wise, we're, we're, we're going to do things, if you need it, like blood work. Uh, now, extra blood work in labs, that would be extra, but it would be we would be interpreting them for you at no choice or no charge. We would be explaining which tests you should take and why. So I will work with you one-on-one -on -one in that course till we solve whatever health issues you want to solve. And if we solve one, you say, okay, I've got another one, then we just keep going. Next week, we will launch the business and financial course, which includes everything and anything about business, including any secondary businesses you might run or your spouse might run. Um, and we also cover all personal finance, budgets, taxes, retirement planning, whatever it might be. So you will have a coaching class every week. One week's health, the next week's business and financial, then health, then business and financial, and we have them every week. The only weeks we'll skip is, um, I think we're skipping a week because of uh, Thanksgiving coming up. But but that'll be the only time and just be holidays. Yeah. All right, Kevin. I appreciate it. I think that's all I got for you, man. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's uh let's head off to Missouri this time. Jerry, welcome. Good morning, Kevin. I got several very, very brief things here to visit with you about. Number one is a very strange uh, turn of events today. I'm actually enjoying some dark chocolate organic walnut butter with some monkey brittle instead of the pumpkin pie. Wow. Things up a little bit. Yeah, see, I love, oh, I, I still love that. That's like eating brownie batter. It, yeah, if if I if, if when it comes right down to it, I'd love the not the pumpkin spice, but the maple that. But really, my favorite version of nut butters is dark chocolate. It's awfully good. It just reminds me of being a kid eating brownie batter. Is what it reminds me of. So I know it does. Except it doesn't. Exactly. I'm going to make a veiled comment that you'll get, and maybe nobody else will, but that's okay, because you'll get it. Uh, the uh, NOOA, when you start talking about the NOOA, my first question is, is, could there possibly be in the background, could there possibly be a lamb leading them to slaughter? That's very oh, insightful. Yeah. Very insightful. Just curious. It just sounds but so much like Never mind that. You, you get it. Very insightful and clever. Thank you for that this morning. Wouldn't this be? not be if he heard it. But anyway, you will. I say so much money. Well, 
I save so much money on my NASCAR card. When I get done, I think I ought to hang up. And maybe I'll call and uh, sponsor your membership anyway. I save enough money on them. But good grief, I can throw some over the way and sponsor your membership. I don't know why you haven't got one of them yet. So I don't know why it never crossed my mind to just ask. Don't know I'll certainly call them and get that model and I'll, I'll get it handled. So. Thank you. It's a funny story on your time zones. I used to carry two phones with me. One of them was a flip phone that I really still liked, and one of them was a smart phone. When I parked behind the Chinese restaurant in Tennessee, you're about 40 miles from the eastern time zone. One phone, the smart phone, would already have changed to the eastern time zone. The little flip phone was still on central time zone. So you had to be real careful if you use your phone for alarms as to which time zone you're in because one switched to one business. That's what happened to me today. And I, like I said, my brain's not really firing on all cylinders these days. It, this isn't that complicated, but it, it was really confusing me while I was driving because one, my phone was on one time, my Garmin watch was on another time, my GPS was confusing the hell out of me about when I was supposed to be getting where I was going and what time zone it was showing me. All I really need to do is set one of my devices to Eastern time and make sure it can't change because my laptop, you know, will change time zones. My phone will change time zones or, and you know, I could set my laptop to not change. That wouldn't bother me. Um, but I'm not looking at my laptop when I'm driving down the road. And this was a, a driving thing. I, I didn't expect that I was going to drive this far this morning. I thought I was just going to get up and put in an hour or two and then stop somewhere. And I just felt like driving. And, and then I started realizing I better pay attention to the time because I'm a little confused about what time zone I'm in, what time is it, what time zone am I going to end up in. But really, the, the easy way and it would just be go get a cheap watch and just leave that watch on Eastern time. Because as long as I know what time it is on Eastern time, I know when I have to stop. There you go. Yeah, $29 at Walmart for a little old Timex, and it'll tell you exactly what you need to know. So. I should, when, when uh, I don't know if I could find a cheap watch in that truck stop where I'm going to get a my pillow or not, but if they have one, I should probably just buy a cheap watch and stick it in the... Um, up front by the driver's seat somewhere and, and just know that if I'm ever confused, just look to see what time it is Eastern and then I'll be fine. More real quick things. Uh, on Wednesday, you had a lot of uh, several discussions about grounding. Now, I've got a You've got a little farm app now with an electric fence, right? Yes. Okay, so you understand electric fences. Now, this goes back Hey, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. Did you just call it a farmette? I did. I've never heard that term before. A farmette. That's kind of what it is, isn't it? Farmette. That's what I'd call it anyway. It is. Sounds much more official than hobby farm. I mean, hobby farm just kind of got a negative connotation to it. If you call it a farmette, I think it's far more uh, distinguished. I'll have to think about it. I like the term hobby farm. All right. Well, you just all agree damn well, please. No matter if you're a so, but, uh, Go ahead. you got an electric fence on there, so you understand how electric fence works. Yes. Probably at least 50 years ago, when I was a kid, I had chores to do after school, and I had a kid coming over 
that was a neighbor kid who he'd ride his bike over and we'd go out and do the chores. Well, I was going to play a trick on him, and we had an electric fence out in the field. We had an electric fence to corral the calves. And I decided I was going to play a trick on that lad. And so I said, you've got to grab this wire and pull real hard so I can tighten it up. <laughs> and he did, and I and he just grabbed a hold of the electric fence wire and started pulling on it. I said, and I had my back to him, and I was fiddling around there like I was tightening it up. And every time I touched it, I get shocked. Yeah. So it took me the longest time to figure that out. He wasn't grounded. He onto that fence with a real pair of rubber yeah. and I had on work I get shocked and he wouldn't so that's just a funny story about grounding yeah if if you can't complete the circuit with great it's why you can be safe in your car in a lightning storm the car can get struck by lightning you exactly. should be pretty fine you're you're insulated from that that ground connection um yeah, see, I thought the story was going somewhere else. I thought he might have just been either that tough or it, it didn't bother him and he could actually grab onto it. And the reason I say that, um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but the one show I just love for some reason is OP Live. And I have seen some people get a serious dose of taser and it does nothing to them. It is, it's, it's scary yeah. when it happens too. Because at that point, the cop is not expecting it. And it, I've seen some pretty rough situations happen because the taser just does not affect some of those people. And then other people, man, I, I saw one the other night. The, the guy charged the cop. The cop zapped him and he went instantly rigid and just fell over. That's usually what happens to people every now and then. Oh, yeah. Happen. Yeah, every now and then, and huh. I don't know if it's uh, you know they're so high on drugs or or I don't know, but I've seen some. And once in a while, you know, they won't get a good shot on the taser; it might get tangled in their clothes or something. But but I've seen solid hits, both barbs right in their skin, didn't even slow them down. Wow, well, that is kind of scary. But I don't know why that be. But anyway, uh, you talked about grounding. I thought that was I remember that little story from years years ago. So one more quick thing that has to do with maintenance, and I couldn't even have to talk to this, and probably kind of speaking to the corner with the tribe. But I'm on several maintenance forums, and I cannot believe the number of people still that don't know you need to change your air dryer cartridge. This is a perfect time of year after we've had wildly swinging temperatures in the fall. Right when we're going into winter, change your air dryer cartridge for crying out loud. And the other thing I absolutely positively do every year this time of year, change all your flashlight batteries in your truck. I've got two great big flashlights and I've got two little pen lights. Change all the batteries. I don't care how bright the lights are. Change your batteries so they're good for going through the winter with. You, they still make flashlights with batteries? They do. I've got them. Big detail. Throw them out. Go get yourself some of these. Go get some of these tiny little rechargeable halogens that will shine like a mile away. These things are incredible now. It's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like headlights. The problem with the headlights is they've gone too far, and we're all going to be blind um, because the damn headlights are so bright. But these, I have three of these small flashlights in the coach so I can always reach one. I'll tell you what else I have that I really like. I have a beanie with a halogen light on it that's pretty incredible. You know, I used to try to use all those strap-on, kind of not 
don't don't go there with strap on. <laughs> careful now, careful. Yeah. <laughs> That was bad. Oh, uh, the headlights, the strap-on headlights, and they sucked. I mean, you could never get them adjusted right. They weren't that bright. The batteries would go dead. Um, the new ones in these beanies, they're awesome because like, they keep my head warm anyway, and they protect me when I'm working on stuff from getting banging my head. And You bang your head and you're bald, you're going to bleed. Um, so I've got a couple of those around, too. I've got one in my toolbox. I've got one in the back seat of the coach. Uh, yeah, I, I I got rid of all my battery flash, especially the big D cells. I got rid of all those a while back. I'm still old-fashioned enough to have them, and I change batteries this time of year, and whether they need it or not, I just change them and be done with it. So. Well, there you go. Kevin, thanks for all you do. That's all I need. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas. Paul, welcome. Howdy. Um. The time zone thing, you can be in Florida, which is an East Coast state, and you're in the central time zone. You can be in Oregon, which is a West Coast state, and you're in the mountain time zone. Yes. So you can be in an East Coast state and a West Coast state, and there's only two hours difference. Oh, I, I just lost my phone on central time all the time. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. You're right, though. That's exactly correct. Yeah. Huh. So. Interesting. And, um, these clowns at NOAA, I've not looked up a lot of information about them because I don't really give a shit, but I think they're more loony than OIDA. And oh. if you're going to go to war with them, just remember that you got a little army that will go behind you. So. Uh, you know, and I, I never usually ask for that kind of help, but I might this time. Um, I, like I said, he's he's very aggressive with attorneys. And attorneys can wreak havoc in your life. They really can. And and I hate to have to deal yeah. with that. It's just a distraction. And all I want, all I want is to peep is people not to go into this blind. Uh, if you like what they're saying, uh, check them out. Uh, if you agree what they're saying, maybe you should join them and support them. But but just just be careful. Look at the services. See if there's anything there that, that you really see any value. If they're thoughts and ideas align with yours, then join them. I, I just want people to to just be aware that, that be aware. do a little due diligence before you send them a check. Yeah, well, last time I checked, it's still a free country, I think, for some things anyway. So, um, well, you know, yeah, if people want to join, I'm not going to stop them. One yeah. of the, I, I will tell you one of the other things they are pushing back against, they are supporting the PRO Act that's in Congress right now. They support it heavily. The PRO Act is the whole point of that is to start to eliminate independent contractors. It's an AB5 type law. It doesn't have quite as. Yeah, well, I'm dead, I'm dead against that one right there. Well, they, they support it heavily. And, and the statement that I keep making every time they post about it, when I can find something they post because they block me. But if I can find something, somebody retweets something of theirs, I make the same statement every time. If as an adult, I can't decide how I want to work and how I want to get paid for that work, then I don't live in a free country. Yeah. Why, why can I not choose how I want to work and how much I want to get paid and how I want to get paid? 
That is a basic freedom. I will spend more time working than any other thing I do in my life. And if I'm not free to choose how I do that, then I'm not in a free country. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I, I did quite a bit of free work on my truck at home on the weekend. But well, wait a minute. You should probably get home. Well, well, wait a minute. You, you, how close were you? Sunday, double time, yeah, you, you should have been getting something like double time for that. Somebody should be paying you. Well, hell, I was at, I was at nearly 72 hours when I got home on Thursday. Oh, so. oh my God. On, on Sunday on the truck, so shit. Well, yeah, come on. Yeah, I, they, I'll so, have to talk to my boss. Hang on, let me turn the hat around. Yeah, so, <laughs> so my point is, if I've got to jump back into the fire with this, all of these clowns, uh, it, it, it'll be worth it if I can make sure people understand what they are really pushing for. This may be the most anti-business association I have ever seen. They should just form a union yep. and be done with it because that's all they are. They are a union, not an association. Two very different things. Professional associations should be working to educate their members to make them better business people, not trying to turn them into a union. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm an OIDA member, but I strongly disagree with a lot of stuff that they push. They, they, they do some stupid shit, if you ask me. Well, they don't understand business people sometimes. Well, it, you know, certainly I have had my disagreements with the white over the years. There's no no secret about that. Um, this is just a, it, take all the things I've said in the past about Owida, and this is just a really, really bad copy of Owida. Yeah. So, right, that's all I got today. I'll let you carry on. All right, thanks Thank for you, the call. Which is also why, by the way, I have chosen to partner with Nastic. They are a true professional association. They don't believe in any of this crap. I promise you that. David and I have had long discussions about these groups and what they're pushing for. David is the opposite. The true business association. He has education. He has real benefits. Let's get to some calls. Let's go to, uh, oh, wait a minute. Who's on here with me? You would think I would know these numbers by now. I'm going to guess. Joel, is this you? What's that? Is this Joel? Yeah, it is. It is. I How guess, you doing? I guessed right this morning. My brain must be working better than I thought. Uh, there you go. <laughs> My brain is a little tired. I can imagine you, uh, you've been busy all the driving, all the setup and tear down, moving all the time. And then two back-to-back conferences. And, and one of them, I think I spoke about seven times at Nastic between speaking and emceeing events and giving out awards and sitting on panels. And, uh, so uh, my body's still going strong. I'm about 99% carnivore this trip and it's working really well, but my brain is getting tired. Gotcha. Yeah. I, you know, people just, you don't understand how difficult that stuff can be until you've, you've done it. Um, I've done a few of these internally with Volvo where I'm in front of a room full of oh. engineers that are a hundred times smarter than I'll ever be. And they start peppering <laughs> you with questions left and right, left and right. And, and you've really got to be on it to hang with those guys. It's, uh, yeah, it's a joy. Let me tell you, you are so wore out. It feels like you 
he worked 10 hours and then went and worked out in the gym, just, you know, it, it's, it's difficult. It definitely is. And I know you, you're prepared. Um, I'm sure you have good answers for all those questions because you know things they don't know. You know the real world. And that's why they've got you there. But, mm-hmm. but no matter how prepared that's you are, what they come for. yeah, and no matter how prepared yeah. you are and how much you know, when you get done with that, you will still be exhausted. I am anyway. Oh, there, there, there is no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. And yeah, so I feel for you. I, I can kind of hear it in your voice, but I, I, yeah. I know what you're going through on that. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do. I, I, I listened to your your show the other day where you, you said you got a little grumpy and uh, I hear you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, you know, you've, you've got to perform to a certain level and there's, a, there's expectations out there. And, and uh, if you're not ready and, and you don't come across to the degree that you should, uh, it's a disappointment and you want to avoid that. Right. So. And sometimes there's a lot at stake and that's the last couple of weeks. That's, that's kind of what's been so exhausting. One, I'm just doing one thing after another and I never get a break. The, the other is just that it's, it's all pretty high level stuff and there's some high stakes at, at a lot of this. And then I really, I knew I was going to be swamped at Nastic because I told him, keep me busy. But I really thought that at F3, I was just going to kind of goof around and walk the halls and sit in on the sessions I wanted to sit in on. And instead, I ended up in some pretty high-level meetings. Um, I, I actually nice. spent a lot of time, way more. I, I don't know how. Well, it was like when we were done for the day, the... Um, the night events would be like a mile away downtown Chattanooga. She just walk. I mean, I'm not going to go get a car for a mile and the uh-huh. weather was awesome. Uh, and then that event would be over and it'd be a half mile walk to somewhere else. And then it'd be a mile and a half walk back to my coach at night. And almost every time we were walking somewhere, um, I ended up walking with Craig Fuller, the CEO of Freight Waves. Oh, nice. And it was, you know, some talk about, you know, both of our business models and and what could we be doing together. And, you know, we've done a little bit together in the past. And then I, you know, because we brought it up and started to talk about it, just walking around kind of casual, then we actually scheduled a meeting for it. And so it turned out to be not all that relaxing. (laughs) It turned out to be pretty stressful. Well, one thing that you had the opportunity to do that I just love, I love to talk to people that are smarter than I am. Oh, absolutely. And especially, especially when you get a room full of people where you're, you're kind of the, the, I don't know, the dullest person in the room, so to speak, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you, yeah. you, there's just so much to learn from these guys and, they will, you know, sometimes you get into conversations and, and they'll be spitting stuff at you and they're thinking of it from a technical or a book perspective. And then my mind starts to run of application in the real world. Real world. And, you know, they'll say something and boom, the light bulb goes off and you're getting excited. And they're like, well, what did I say? You know, and, and they got no clue, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, those, it's it's a great opportunity. Um, I, I love the interaction with with those types of the people, but it is mentally demanding. It it definitely is. Yeah. The the one you, morning you're burning some calories. Yeah. Yeah. The one morning I kind of just decided. I think it was a. Oh no, it was the last day. Was it the last day of the event? The second day. Now I can't remember. Um, I had just decided I'm going to get up early. Um, 
but I'm just going to hang out in the coach. You know, I, enough people said they wanted to stop out and see me. I said, I'm just going to hang out in the coach. I don't have to go on the air till 11. I'll be nice and relaxed. And Brent walks in in the morning and I could tell he was in a hurry. And I'm like, what are you in such a hurry for? He said, I don't want to miss Chris Voss. He's starting right now. Chris Voss, that name sounds familiar. I said, what does he do? He's, he said, he's an ex-FBI negotiator, and he's talking about negotiations. Like, that's my favorite book, Negotiations. No wonder why I recognize the name. Like, I had no idea he was even here. So I had to run down the cool. and out. Boy, I will tell you, that guy, the book was good. Him in person was mm-hmm. incredible. Wow, was that guy good. Nice. Yeah, stuff on negotiation nice. that you will, I've just never found in any other book. I've taken training courses on negotiation, never stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then when you realize what he did for decades, his negotiations were life or death. Sure. Yeah, it's hostage sure. negotiations. It Somebody's going to die if he <laughs> makes a mistake. It, it, a mistake, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, wow. That's pretty intense stuff. And he learned a lot, and he, mm-hmm. he's just so good, and he makes it sound so simple. Um, I really uh, hope I can get him on the show. Uh, we're going to reach out and see if I can get him on the That'd show. That'd be awesome. Yeah, he was really good, and he didn't have a whole lot of time. He really. Uh, didn't I don't think he took any questions. Craig was the way they did it was it it um they don't do a lot of straight presentations at at this event. Craig it's like a they call it a fireside chat and it's Craig and whoever mm-hmm. on the stage and in sitting in nice comfortable chairs and they just have a conversation and we watch. It's kind of a cool format. Gotcha. And and Craig Yeah. Boy, am I impressed at how good of an interviewer he is. Wow. He's really good. He's a sharp. He's just a sharp guy. Period. I don't know him personally, but I've watched some uh, some YouTube stuff, and he's just a sharp guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a great interviewer. So that was good. Um, I don't. It was it was just uh, it, it was way more uh, work and pressure than I thought it was going to be. All good, but it was still just a lot. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So so I'm done gotcha. whining now. And and we can get to the show. <laughs> I'll take that kind of whining over the uh, typical whining I hear out on the road. So you're you're uh, fine. Speaking of that, you happened to hear my piece mm-hmm. about Noah? I did not. They're getting worse. It's not that they're getting worse. It's I really thought. You know, when I kind of looked at the attitude of the people there, did you see the the picture they posted about their their shutdown? They're in a shutdown now, you know. I mean, you should be worried about getting your groceries. Well, I I, I just noticed that traffic was lighter here on I-75, so that must be it, right? That's what's going on, yeah. Did you see the picture they posted? (laughs) I'm sure, yes. I did not. So they did this. It's not like I, you know, snuck in and shot a picture that they put this out there. This is... This is their message. So it is the National Owner Operator Association. And they're on a protest. And I kept asking them, what is it you want to see changed? And how many trucks do you think you need to actually make an impact? Uh, Just honest questions. And and they just ignore them. They can't can't answer them. So one of the things, Mm -hmm. they they actually want to kind of do away with the Motor Carrier Act of 1980. They think we should go back to a regulated market. They don't even understand what that would really mean, that some of them would probably lose their authority. Because that's the only way we could do this. Most of 
the overwhelming majority of people would, yes. Would just lose their authority. That's the only way this can work. I don't think they understand that, and they they won't engage enough (laughs) to to listen to, to what would happen and what it would really mean. And I know they don't understand it because I ask them. And they can't answer it. They just deflect and get angry and defensive. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing they want. They mm-hmm. are huge supporters of the PRO Act. Are you familiar with what that is? Uh, the fairly yeah, that's one. well, maybe maybe I'm not. This is basically a, a very, very close to a federal AB5 type law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then I am. Yeah. yeah I know to, what you're talking to, about. To, to, yep. it, it's yep. going after independent contractors with the ultimate goal of getting rid of them. Correct. They want them to be employees. Yes. So what another horrible idea, but they support that. And then mm-hmm. when you see the post that they made, the picture Every person in the picture that is holding a sign, it says something like, we demand overtime pay or all hours worked equals all hours paid. For an employee, I could agree with them. But yes, these are yes, business 100%. owners. Exactly. That, to me, that just kills your credibility. You're just done right there. You're just, you're done. Yeah. What, what, okay, I'm pulling a load as my own business. I have my own authority, yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to call Schneider up to, hey, you owe me overtime pay now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not their employee. Yeah, but that's what they now, I pay Travis overtime. Of course. Right. Because he's my employee. Right. So I pay, yeah, I, and I do pay him overtime. You've talked about so, that. You, yeah, you I, I agree. For, for his yeah. hours worked, you pay him overtime. Yeah. You and I have talked yep. about that. I would love to see the industry yep. move to better models. Yep. I absolutely do not want a single yep. law written about it, though. Not one. No, no, no. Well, here's here's where we may differ just slightly. Uh, uh, the employee side, I think it's good. I think there should be, there should be something that you have to take into account time. Here's what I'm afraid of. safety component to this. So when you say something, we'd have to talk about it. But if it is just some sort of sure. straight hourly pay or you have to pay overtime, no. That could end up hurting more than helping. The industry will respond in a panic. They were lower wages because they'll 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 think they have to. They can't afford the extra expense right now. They will fight back and they'll do everything they can not to have their costs go up. Correct. Yeah. That that's that's exactly what would it would have to be. It would have to be clearly defined, phased in slowly over time. Yes. But it definitely needs to happen. I, I could probably. So I, I'm in, in agreement. Uh, uh, yes, I'm a, in, in agreement that employees should be getting overtime, and there needs to be a time value component to a pay scale. And I'm doing both. I'm paying twenty two cents a mile and twenty two dollars an hour with overtime. Um, love that. And it, it seems to be working very, very well. Um, and, but. Now, myself, I, I can't go to my customers and, yeah, I oh, I just right. figure it all in and you right. yeah. that's, that's you the, negotiate a rate and, that's, and, and you're done. That's yes. the responsibility of a business owner. Now, let me say something else. You've stepped out, mm-hmm. taken a risk. You're bucking the trend. Mm-hmm. You're going against everything the industry mm-hmm. has always done. And there's some risk to it. You know there's risk. 
You, this could mm-hmm. end up hurting you if, if you can't if you can't keep enough revenue coming in, keep enough control on your expenses. This could hurt you. But if you can absolutely. prove absolutely. this, if you can prove this model, and then you were to say, if you were interested enough in this, you if you were to say, hey, look, I'm going to put together a little coalition. We're going to show the results of this, and I'm going to put it in front of Congress. That makes sense to me. But when I, I mean, yes, and. and- we're kind of laying the groundwork for that. You know, Alec loves doing this, this type of stuff, and he's, he's very good at interacting with politicians and whatnot, and that's, that's kind of what we're laying the groundwork for. But I am not going to do it with a group of owner-operators. I'm going to do it with a group of employees where it should happen. Correct, and here's the difference. When they go to Washington or they shut down roads or they protest or they threaten to shut down the whole country with their protest, uh, when they go to Congress— they have nothing. They have no answers that they've really thought through. They haven't thought through any of them. They don't even understand the issues they're pushing for. Right. Think about this. And and we all love the Boston Congress. You know, oh, they don't know nothing. But most of these people in their private life have been involved with businesses. So they understand the difference between a business owner and an employee. Uh, everybody in Congress does. I, I assure you that, well, most of them will right. say 90 yeah you're right they understand the difference between the two so when a group of owner operators that are businesses shows up demanding overtime they got to be scratching their head going what in the hell are we in the twilight zone what's going on and they'll do what we do you know they, 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 they will ridicule them behind their back and they will completely ignore them sure. Sure. They're going to go, we really have to have a meeting with people that don't understand that this doesn't apply to them. Exactly. That's what they got to be thinking. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would, they're coming to have a meeting with me about overtime, but they're business owners. How in the hell does that work? Now here's you even get ready for a meeting like that. (laughs) You can't. That's the, that's the, and honestly, and I know they will never believe this, but I just like to help people. It's what I do in the beginning when these groups pop up. I actually try to just give them some advice, just just give them some other things to think mm-hmm. about or or help them if they really believe in this cause. Well, I'd help you be more effective. I, I don't mind doing, but yeah. you can't even talk to these people because they have no understanding. So, I, you know, when they first came yeah. out, I tried to debate them. Um, they all blocked me after a while because they got so defensive. And at that point, I thought, you know what? I, I did what I wanted to do. I highlighted a group, pointed out what I think the big, big flaws are. And some people say, well, why do you bother? Well, I bother because it makes us look bad. We get lumped into that. Group, it does. It makes, yeah, it, it's it awful. makes the industry look a little goofy. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it, it, it does. And it it absolutely does. Our specific side of the industry look even worse and then these groups will why does ata have so much power in washington and well maybe you know and i don't agree with the ata but i I don't have to they're a professional association for large carriers they support their large carrier members that's what they should do i don't have to agree with that yeah yeah when you are building a group and the premise you're building uh, the group on is faulty, what the hell do you expect is going to happen? Yeah, nobody's going to I mean, it's, just, it's going nowhere. Now, all that being said, as a small business owner, I would 
absolutely support anybody that's going to advocate for the rights of employees in transportation to get overtime. Sure. I, we, we should all su- support that. But as a owner-operator group, to make that your hill you want to die on when it doesn't apply to you, that doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. So after I kind of exposed them, debated them a while, they blocked me. I couldn't really see what they were doing. I, I thought, okay, I'll just move on. They're not going to be effective. I don't need to spend a lot of time on them. And then people started sending me stuff that they could see and I couldn't. Um, from what I hear, they they have started to put together a list of benefits like associations do. I guess they have a fuel card, but somebody told me it has no discounts. What's the point? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. When Nastic is out there with 80 and 90 cent discounts in some places. Why, why would you try to reinvent the wheel when there's already excellent choices out there? I, so, so one of the things about make that trouble. Yeah, yeah, let me keep going. What, one of the things they're advocating for is that all lease purchase, and I could agree on lease purchase, is predatory. I, I get it. They are. Um, I wrote the book on how bad they are. I don't want any laws against them. The, the government will screw it up like they screw everything up. Um, then they go on to other what they call predatory practices. Um, broker transparency is a big one. Um, le- they do not believe you should be allowed to lease onto a carrier. They want that to just go away. Uh, that's a huge mistake, too. Okay. Um, but then yeah. it, it, so they're they're big on what they call predatory practices. Two of their partnering, sponsoring, I don't know what they call their companies. One is a dispatch service and one is a factoring company. Well, how's that work? (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) So they're advocating to get rid of their main sponsors. Wow. I I, I don't even get it. They they, they brokers. Brokers are the devil. They they, They have made the claim that brokers should go away. Why do you need a dispatch service in a factoring company? Let me, let me tell you something real quick hey, about wait brokers. A second. And I know this is going to surprise you. If you mm-hmm. use a good broker today, can't you use them as both your dispatch service and your factoring company at, at almost no cost? This is what I was just going to say for you. So I'm, I am working almost 100% exclusively with a mega carrier right now, Schneider. Right. Throw, it's Schneider. That's who I'm working for. Yeah. Everybody, except for one person, my brother, told me, oh, you can't pull those for them. It's shit. You, won't, you know, it was just horrible. It's going to be horrible. So I was, I, I, uh, Alec will kill me if I get into actual numbers, but I, I am telling you, I'm running to Florida on a regular basis. And I've been in the trucking industry long enough to know that everybody says, you go into Florida, you're going in the hole, you can't get out of there, the rates suck, yada, yada, the rate might be good. We are doing very, very, very well. Interesting. I mean, out of Florida. Interesting. <laughs> and with a dry van. Wow. Well, freaking dry van. Wow. And I was talking to my brother about it, and he was shocked, too. He's like, holy shit. Yeah. So this is working with one of the Schneider's internal brokers. Right. He's on the phone daily. And, and she's essentially acting as a dispatch service. And there are times Alex submits to get paid. And I mean, we're getting paid in less than a day. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy so, good. So, and it's so, taken 
the load off us. Yeah, so they want to eliminate the broker completely. Then they think you should be using instead a dispatch service, which has a fee and sometimes some pretty big fees and factoring. It's maybe the single most predatory practice in our industry I can think of. And yet, like you just said, build a relationship with the broker. They'll do both of those things for almost nothing. It is all about relationships. The rest of this nonsense that they're talking about, they wouldn't need any of that. Stop right now. Just stop. Just stop. (laughs) Relationships fix nothing, according to these guys. Nothing. There's no point in building relationships. They will eventually screw you anyway, is what they claim. So you never heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know? Uh, that is that is the most true <laughs> statement in business. It absolutely is. And if you take the time, you know, look, anytime you go into a new company and you don't know the lay of the land, you're going to eat some shit for a while. It's just yes. the way it goes. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of how you, you actually want that because you want, yes, you want right. to prove yourself. That's right. exactly right. You want to prove yourself. Throw the shit on me. I'm going to prove myself. And it, it only took us like two weeks. And they're like, hey, can we get you to do this? Hey, can you do this? And then pretty soon, <laughs> then pretty soon they're going, well, you know, it's posted for this. But since you take care of me, we're going to give it to you for this. No. You know what I mean? And, no. and uh, you're, you're, you're telling it's never happened, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. All right. Yeah. All right. So, Henry. Yeah. Henry and Alec are, are are in the queue waiting, and I'm sure they are screaming at their phone right now because they want to get involved. Well, just, just before you put them on, just make sure you tell Alec I, I didn't I didn't divulge rates. He was he was listening. So uh, I, I have a couple of things I'm going to say, and then we're going to bring him on. Uh, real quick, are you familiar with Adam Wingfield? I am not. I wasn't either. And I guess he's been doing this. Uh, he started as a driver in like 2002, somewhere early 2000s. Became an owner operator pretty quick, built a fleet. Um, and he kind of does exactly what I do now. He's got a company where he just helps mm-hmm. owner operators run their business. But, and uh, I, I kind of noticed mm-hmm. him a couple of months ago. I saw him on Twitter. I went and looked him up. He's, he's doing some good stuff. He really is. Um, I met him yesterday at the conference. It was. I know you've met these kind of people because you you do a lot of this as well. I can't think of a person I have met in a long, long time where I had such an instant connection with. I'm talking within like 30 seconds. And then within five minutes, I felt like we were finishing each other's sentences like you and I have been doing right here. Nice. He's a really, nice. really sharp guy. Um, I'm going to get him on the show, and I, I kind of met him on the show a little bit yesterday, but I wasn't really prepared for it. But he is a really sharp guy. Nice. Yeah. I, 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 I'll look him up. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll get him involved. I mean, if we got, oh, my God, if we brought in Henry and Alec and and uh, and brought him in with us right now, this would we'd go on all day. Um, that'd be fun. <laughs> One more thing That's I have to say. One more thing I have to say before I bring Henry mm-hmm. in here. I, you know, we all know as you get older, mm-hmm. you kind of shrink a little. Mm-hmm. And, and when you start at 5'5", mm-hmm. five, five, you don't really have a whole lot of room to shrink. <laughs> you know, I'll be classified as a little person if I shrink much more. So so, so I kind of fight against that. I've got like a teeter um, inversion table at home so I can hang upside down and make sure I don't uh-huh. shrink too much. I, 
Uh-huh. I, I just saw Henry last week at Nastic. Henry's still growing, I think. Uh-huh. Henry's defying the, 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 the odds here, and I think he's still growing. I forgot how tall he was. <laughs> I know. Henry, you hear me talking about you? I hear you. Are you still growing? I heard you all talking. No, 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 no. Well, ow. <laughs> no, you look going up a while ago. Uh, you look nice and trim. You looked at, you're in good shape. You're taller than I even remember. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm having problems with the belly. <laughs> but we can help with that. <laughs> I started out when well, I graduated high school with a 34 waist, and I held it uh, 32, and I held it 34 for a long time, and now 38's a little tight. Oh uh, yeah, we. Well, you, you and I need to talk. He's got a he's got a cook at home that is uh, taking care of business. I see some of the stuff that that'll do it. Time to time, and he, he he's eating all right. <laughs> I did get to meet her too, and she's yeah, life is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we're uh, we're, we're going to add the subject of what you were talking about with, with the group. We're going to add like the they were talking. With... He can talk over all of us too. Yeah, go ahead. I thought we were. I thought we were in a shutdown right now. But we are. I was. I. I stocked up on groceries. I was worried. Well, it happened. Wasn't it supposed to happen last week? I knew I was off going to Nastic, so I somewhat supported it. I. Well, yeah. There you go. And I didn't say anything. Well, from what I understand, I don't know if this has changed or not. Because, like I say, they have me blocked, so I can't see anymore. But. The last thing I remember is the shutdown started on November 1st and is not ending until January 1st. That's what they said. We'll shut down till the end of the year, oh. till you till you uh, meet our demands. Well, where I'm at the dock, I can see I-35 coming into Laredo. I think some people missed the memo. You think? Still yeah, my, my rearview mirrors. My rearview mirrors tell me the same thing. <laughs> 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 Oh boy, Kevin! You always ask us about our thoughts. Yes. My thought this week and today is: there's nothing wrong with being nice. There's nothing wrong with letting somebody ahead of you. There's nothing wrong with when you let somebody out on a ramp of them backing off to let you back over. There's there's nothing wrong with slowing down for a construction zone. No, those are all good. Can't we just be nice to each other? Um, Yeah. But yeah. it, 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 it seems as though these carriers must be putting pressure on their employees to, to fly through construction zones because I keep seeing company trucks in excess of 70 mile an hour and 55 mile an hour construction zones. You know, I don't like to. Back in the day, 55 would have been a fast construction zone, right? Yeah. It usually was 45. Yeah. You know, I don't like to complain about traffic kind of stuff because everybody does and there's not much we can do about it. But I have noticed something that I just do not remember for some reason I, I I need to I don't know maybe I need to look somewhere on my coach I think somebody installed a giant magnet down the whole side of my whole driver's side on this coach because every time a truck goes by me they wander across the lane and almost hit me but it, it is happening so often what the hell is that I don't know <laughs> but I have the same magnet I believe I don't I don't remember that before and on this trip I'm like paranoid now as a truck starts to pass me there maybe oh maybe I know what it is 
Maybe it's the NOAA members who didn't shut down and they're trying to run me off the road. That's there it. you go. Yeah, that, there you yeah. go. There you go. Huh. <laughs> I was th- I was seeing it before the shutdown. So ah, okay. Ah, hey, Alec. Good morning. Well, there's a solution to that. You can you can take take the Joel approach and stay in the right lane and go 55. And they're already past you before they realize. Oh my God, I'm supposed to slow down for this guy. Oh, <laughs> that might help. Or or what if I why, why don't I just work in the left lane and go 55? Hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, I, one way to uh, one way to get a level one inspection. Yeah, there you go. All right. So the other the other group that I noticed that came out in support of the overtime thing, and it's another one that I I guess I don't understand what OIDA actually stands for. It seems is pretty it, clear. Uh, what is it, organized? It's yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I, I was kind of flummoxed. And I even commented on their, their thing that they put up. I was like, well, yeah, I support overtime for employees, but who, who are you actually representing? Because I'm not, I'm not sure. Are they owner-operators or employees or both? Or what are they doing nowadays? What about this? What if buy a membership? That's absolutely correct. And I wish, I wish as an association, which they are, and I know they're a private business, but associations are a little different. I, I wish as an association, they would give us a member breakdown. So, so I know who they're really advocating for. How many employee drivers are your members? How many are leased owner operators? How many are independent owner operators? And how many are small fleets? Just tell us who you're advocating for. Because to me... When I look at what they advocate for, I have to believe that their biggest membership base are employee drivers. It would, from the post they put out, that was the exact impression I got and kind of the question I asked is, are you advocating for employees or for, you know, true independent owner operators? Because they're not the same. Not even close. That's that's the whole issue here. Right. Why I think these these groups are just so damn goofy. It's almost like, here's, here's an analogy. Um, one of the things I complain about all the time with owner-operators and small fleets is they don't know who their customer is. These groups don't seem yeah, to know that, who that, they true. should be advocating for. Right. No, that, that's exact. So maybe Alec can tell us, so when we need to charge Schneider overtime, who do we talk to? <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'll send in a request for the and uh, revise the rate confirmation. There's got to be a link for that. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah. So, Pizzo, Pizzo. Real, real quick before I forget this point, um, I talked about it earlier before you guys came on. I was going to ignore this group. I thought they're they're so goofy. They're not going to make it anyway. I pointed it out to everybody. I can move on to something else. Then I started getting all these messages from people saying, hey, look, they added a fuel card. They added factoring. They added all that. I'm thinking, you know what? When I interacted with some of those guys, I didn't think they were smart enough to sneeze on their own, much less put together, you know, a list of vendors. And I thought, well, maybe they're maybe they got more on the ball than I thought, except it turns out there's a, there's a puppet master involved. There's somebody running this organization behind the scenes, and they won't make themselves public, and I know exactly why. 
the minute because of George Soros. I uh, it, it might it might be worse. It might be worse. But I, <laughs> the minute the minute it becomes public, I will be all over him like I have every other time he's tried to do anything public. The problem with it is I end up in pissing matches with his attorneys all the time. He's very very aggressive. Oh yeah, that's good. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So gotcha, I, gotcha. I got to decide if I. How how big of a fight I want to pick here, but I, I but I don't want to let this stuff just go. People need to be aware of what what they're really all about. Yeah, well, I, right. On a positive note <laughs> of this week's activities, yes, I was going to slow down and see what I could turn for a big number, and I didn't slow down. And still did. <laughs> Almost eleven for the average for the week, but. Wow. The other side of the story is I found something that me and Joel both, but it was like going up 20 and going up and 25 coming back. But reason 792, I've named it. And I don't know if it's 792 advantages of a six by two liftable pusher, which I knew Joel believes in too. I had a sidewall failure in a tire this week. It was light enough that the tractor axle was lifted and the failure was on the trailer. And I was able to have him simply come out and take the trail, the offending trailer tire off and take the tire off the lift axle on the truck and put it on the trailer. So when you're lighter, it's like having spare tires alone. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's right. Oh, shoot. Another, another uh, technical or trucking aspect thing here. So, Kevin, you know I've been pushing this idea that overdrive, when you look at a truck holistically, is more efficient than direct drive, which cuts against everything we've been spoon fed for the last two decades. It's right? an interesting so concept. Yes. I'm right. Right. I'm right at 80,000 pounds and I'm coming out of Florida, heading up to Tennessee and I get on nice flat ground and I set the cruise at 55 and I put it in manual and I drop it down to 800 RPM at 55 and it'll go 10, 10.1, 2, 3, 4, 5. When it hit 10.5, I put it in direct drive and it goes 5, 4, 3, <laughs> it goes right back down and it'll hold right around 10 or 9.9. And it's all related to piston speed, you know, per mile. That's what it is. And um, you, you can't just look at the transmission and say, oh, look, it's the whole truck's more efficient. In most cases, it is not. So, and the only time that, that I can really think of where direct drive is going to be a huge benefit is if you are in a high power demand operation while cruising. And 80,000 pounds on the flat only requires 280 horsepower to maintain 65 mile an hour. So it is not a high power demand operation. So with everything you've learned about this, would you still say that mm -hmm. if, let's say we're building early 2000s, late 90s, pre-emission trucks with the, the mechanical 13 speeds, it, 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 does it still work there or do we lose too much efficiency through that transmission? That transmission yeah. is fairly unefficient because of all the oil, but here's, here's the kicker. You have to look at the power curve, and those engines are making power at 15, 16, 17, 1800 RPM, which works well for direct drive. So I would say from about 2003 ish, right around in that neighborhood, 
direct drive may make sense is if, if you're not running faster than 60 mile an hour, you can start to make a case for direct drive, um, in those older trucks. But I, you know, overdrive has a hell of a bunch of advantages to it. When you look at it holistically, so the problem is always the transmission didn't have a deep enough reduction and the overdrive transmissions to get the startability that we needed to right. really leverage the benefits that right. we're learning that we have right now. So for older equipment, there are some limitations there, but uh, for newer stuff, yes, I was a direct drive guy for years. That's all I spec, and I, I wouldn't own a direct drive anymore. Excellent. That, that, so just to be devil's advocate, I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to argue with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just for fun, if they came up with tall enough gear ratios, or they had a strong enough drive line. It's really the overall gear ratio spread we have where we are. It is technically what we're talking about is the gear spread from starting gear to your final ratio overall. And overdrive is a very easy way to get a much wider spread in the Mm -hmm. transmission than direct drive. You are correct if they build a 168 ratio or a 158 ratio. But even that, I think right now... I think I'm there or a little bit better with overdrive. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you spend a good bit of time one gear down. Yes. The drive shaft would have to be the size of a 55-gallon drum to take it. Yep. And, yep. And, and, and I'm just now starting to get people where they understand that a 307 or 308 overdrive is the same as a 241 direct. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. The other thing that I think we need to kind of think about this, and this is going to probably offend some people, or they may have to think about this for a little bit, but when you have proper gearing in your truck, so we called the transmission in the past a torque multiplier to try to get people's attention to focus on how important the gearing is. If you have correct ratios in the truck, it's also an an on-the-fly engine tuner because there's that relationship of RPM, horsepower, and torque. It's like a sandwich. You got to have all three of them to work mm-hmm. together to make that sandwich. You can't separate them. And so when I'm at 800 RPM in overdrive, my truck can only make X amount of horsepower because it's predicated on torque and RPM. When I set the cruise, it's never going to make more horsepower. So I can keep the horsepower nice and low to meet low demand situations. Where if I put it in direct drive, the RPM comes up to about 1050. And then that cruise control, when it hits, it can hit even harder because it has the RPM to accelerate the truck harder. So in essence, the transmission is tuning the engine by limiting horsepower in certain gears to match your road speed and, and terrain and, and application. So it, it really really makes a huge difference in, in your fuel efficiency. And, and right now my goal to bring this 80,000 pound load up to Tennessee, was I wanted to do it at, at 10 miles a gallon and I'm sitting right at 10.1. Um, I'll probably be a little higher by the time I get up there. Cause I'm going to keep it in an overdrive most of the way. But, uh, you know, it, that's, it, that's some of the type of things that are possible with speed management and understanding rear axle ratio transmission and the engine power curve and how it all has to work together. You cannot break these pieces apart and say, oh, look, I'm, I got a direct drive transmission. My truck's more efficient. It doesn't work that way. 
you have to look at the total overall picture and understand it. If I remember right, when we really first started working on fuel mileage in cars, late 70s, after the oil crisis and that kind of stuff, before that, nobody ever talked about fuel mileage on anything. Um, but when we did, mm-hmm. we get a lot of cars with a manual. Sure they did. Uh, yeah, that would be true back then. A um, little before my time. Yep. Um, didn't we get a lot of manual transmissions with a five-speed overdrive? Well, you did. But look at today's cars with eight, nine, right. 10, 11, 12-speed automatics. Right. It's all driving fuel efficiency. And they learned it in the automotive side. We just got to kind of learn it in the on the trucking side. Yeah. They are essentially running down-sped gasoline engines, and they're using gears to limit horsepower for the application that they're in and who cares what gear you're in. We are so hung up on, oh, you got to get it in a big hole and keep it there because <laughs> that was forced to us for a couple of decades. And it's complete and utter nonsense. It is, right. It was back in the day because guys, look, here's, here's the deal. So guys, back in the day when you had to shift the truck, it was a lot more work if you had downsped gearing in it. You were shifting all the time. Oh, yeah. So the theory was, in order to keep my driver happy and to keep drivers in the seat, let's just give it enough horsepower in the rear axle ratio so we get it in top gear. It can stay there and pull a hill. It's not the most efficient. In fact, it's extremely inefficient. With today's automated manual transmissions, that actually shift about right. 30% faster than the first-generation transmission. Who cares what gear we're in? Right. We're a single counter staff transmission. It shifts lightning fast. They're super right. efficient, deep into the box. Who cares what gear we're in? It yeah. doesn't and, end and, top gear. And on top of that, it makes it quick shift. I don't know how Volvo does it, but I know on the Detroit, they tuned it in to have Billy Big Rigger in it because it uses the jakes to make some of the shift faster. Sure. Yep. Yep. Because that's how, the, and this is another cool thing that they're doing. So, the advantage to the rear axle ratio, like a, a, a let's say a, a 390 or 370, a 355, that truck will always accelerate through the gears faster, all things being equal. Right. So when we get ratios like I'm running and what Henry's running, the way that you keep the acceleration where the driver expects it to be is to make the transmission shift faster. And so now you've got the benefit of the 390 because of the fast shifting transmission your 215 is going to accelerate just like that 390 did in the past. Or have more gears. Uh, yeah, well, probably, yeah, I mean, yeah. in the past, they were getting 14s yeah. and yeah. where, yeah. you know, most things were 9s and 10s. In right. some cases, like in a Mac, they were 5s. Right, right. That's exactly right. All right. We could, but I think it's funny when you get around an old truck and, and there, there's one at Calapusa sitting there at the entrance to the truck stop and I was walking around one day and I looked in at the dry shaft and this was an old heavy haul truck. The dry shaft looked oh, me, like a toothpick <laughs> compared to what we're using now. Yeah. Well, they, uh, Dana done a study on this and drive shaft wear when you use down sped gearing goes up in terms of universal joints and everything goes up 30% when you go to that that type of ratio. So yeah, we, I've got the big old drive shaft under this thing. So, okay. All right. All right, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to give you an option here. Two options, I guess. One thing isn't an option. I'm going to give you two options. I can either, all right. my brain's fading. My attitude sucks. I can either go back and take a nap and let you three just keep talking because people like this, 
Um, <laughs> or, or we could get to some calls because I, I'm going to quote Jimmy Buffett here. Um, when your attitude's appalling, there's a latitude that's calling. <laughs> and I hear the beach calling me. I'm, I'm, I'm only an hour away from the beach. <laughs> uh, uh, we better do some calls. All right. Let's do some calls. Let's go. Let's go wrong if we took over the show while he went to the beach. What can possibly go wrong? <laughs> I'd be fine with Really. I, 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 like I said, if I, it, one of the options is I could just let you guys go and, and there won't be anybody to push the buttons, but I could go take a nap. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's get to. Well, I think we would offend some more people. Well, yeah, but that's kind of the point. I'm okay with that. Let's, uh, let's go. To you know what? Take a nap. All right. <laughs> we're, we're... That sounds like a challenge if something could go wrong, right, Alex? Yeah. I'll see to it. I think I'm only about a mile from Florida, so we're, we're going to take the first call in Florida. Matt and Carlo, welcome. How are you, Kevin? Good. What can we help you with? I wanna, first, I want to thank you for everything that you do, because without you... That would be us, and our uh, we're we're trying to venture into owner operator, and Good. we've been following you. We have uh, two different we have two different mentors that call your show, and uh, yeah, we're getting really excited. Good, we Good. got a good deal on a truck, and we are uh, doing a process through a carrier to lease onto. Excellent. And, um, we want to uh, we want to join your tribe. Good. But we didn't. I I listened to your keynote the other day. What a great great insight that you gave us. Thank you. And we want to. Uh, I want to know what the best plan is for us to to join. You think it's? I, I mean, right now for fifty two dollars, that's a steal. For fifty two dollars. Here's what you're going to get for fifty two dollars, and and I mean this. I'm sincere about this. If you are in the program and it, and you know getting you set up and getting ready to buy the truck and getting everything in place, I would. I actually have a, a scoring thing I could do with you, and I would tell you what your timeline should be. My timelines are somewhere between three months for somebody who's who's pretty sharp and and you know has some good financial numbers to work with getting started, um, has some business sense, and is willing to work hard. Three months is about the minimum. I mean, it, from the time you say, okay, I think I want to be an owner-operator, I'm going to start working on it. it. Three months for your first time is a pretty good timeline. I also score some people and tell them, you shouldn't buy a truck for at least a year. And and I'll work with you and, you know, call the show once in a while and I'll help you. Here's what's going to happen in this program. Whether your timeline is three months or a year, first off, I'll help you figure that out. But when it comes time and we start setting up your business, I will set it up exactly the way I would set up my own. I'll show you exactly how to do that, how to go find the right truck, how to negotiate for the right truck, what inspections we need to do, how do we make sure we can get an oil sample that's legitimate before we buy it, help you with really thinking through how to find that right carrier to sign up with. We'll get your accounting all set up before you ever get started. But we'll cover everything that needs to be covered, and it'll cost you 52 bucks a month. So oh, here's the here's the thing that we got going on right now. We've been in the trucking business. We're pretty new. Been in it for three years. Teaming. We started at the same time. Um, we excelled as much as we can in, in as a company driver. Good. 
Um, we've been listening to your show. I've been talking with our, our mentors and I know that the truck that we're able to get is like, it fell into our lap. So this is like affirmation for us. We tried to do a lease purchase probably about a year ago and we backed out of it because the numbers were just not good. They were, they were not good at all. Excellent. Um, we found a, a, a 2019 Western Star 5700 XD, got 273,000 miles on it. It's a DD12, DD15. It's, it's never been idled. I did your formula, and it comes up to the lifetime 52 miles per hour. Um, it's got a 3.08 overdrive, and the, the couple, we know the couple that had it. They, they bought a new truck, and um, they bought a big house, actually. That's our, our goal five years from now, but they said they were getting six at 65 miles per hour. They're getting eight miles per gallon, but I want to do, I wanted to do the OPS system. Let's go back to that. Well, I, now I have two things to talk to you about. Um, have you verified that fuel mileage through the ECM? Yes. Okay. Is that, that's what we want to do. We want to verify it through the ECM. Um, Here's my take on warranties. Uh, they're barely worth the paper they're printed on. I, I, now, if I buy a new truck and I get a factory warranty, great. Um, I very, very seldom ever used them. In fact, there was a time in Orlando that my Volvo dealer sucked so bad. Every brand new truck I had, it, it, wheel seals leaking under warranty stuff, like it went to my shop and I paid for it. There, there was a time where paying for it was better than getting it done free. So I, I almost ignored the warranty I had because my only choice for warranty work was awful. And I tried everything and, and it never got better. Here's the other thing. Um, technically, I'm going to talk about the law and then the real world. The law says that putting on that OPS on that truck does not void the warranty. It would be against the law for them to say it voided the warranty. What they can do, if you have a, an engine failure and they could prove that the OPS caused it, then they are off the hook and they should be. It's not their product. And if there yeah. some other product caused their product to fail, then mm -hmm. they should not be on the hook. I agree with the law. It's written well. But it also is going to say that if you if that engine fails and we can prove, which we can because we have oil samples, that the oil could not have been the cause of the problem, then they have to honor their warranty. That's the law. Now, sometimes in the real world, they'll just argue with you about it and they'll say, no, no, we, we say it voids the warranty. And so this is where it pays to have a really good relationship with a shop. So you don't get into that kind of a pissing match. But I, I will tell you, um, Joel, Henry, I, I, Alec, I think you guys all agree with me. I have no problem making these kind of modifications on a brand new truck. I mean, I've had the OPS installed at the factory. I, I, yeah, I have a, a Harvard bypass system on it. Uh, nobody's barked about it. No, no issues, no problems. Um, we also put the air dog systems on and I personally have gotten zero, uh, kickback from anybody. Right. I have heard that some dealerships really rant and rave about not 
not being able to do it. But I think that is at the dealership level. I, it I is. don't think that that's at corporate level. No. So, I think I, out of, that's out of ignorance, usually. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I would probably be using, I've been listening to your show and the mentors, mentors that told me about all the shops around. Um, I would definitely go with uh, Pittsburgh Power and, and uh, MD Alignment and, and shops that are trusted by people that I know and that you know or you recommend. Absolutely. So, yeah. And those are all the things that, you know, as I'm working with you in the program, we will make sure, you know, you've got all the help you need to get all that stuff set up. So, and again, just like the advice I just gave you, I would highly recommend you ignore all the screaming about warranties and, and we install the things that, that everybody on the show has already proven works and saves money. Yeah. And that's our, that's what we want. We want to get the most mileage, uh, fuel mileage per gallon and, and lowest cost. Keep our truck healthy. Yeah. Lowest cost is what we're shooting for. Low lowest cost of operation. So, uh, I know my, my fiance had some questions he's driving right now, but, um, oh yeah, we, we, uh, are listening to those books that you posted on there. Seven habits of highly effective people. What an amazing book that is. Good. And Glad we, you liked it. Going over the first, the first section and we, we talk about it and write stuff down and we, that. we listen to uh, Who Moved My Cheese. That was amazing, too. Hey, you, you know what I love about this? Two, two things I love about this. One, uh, you two reading together and then discussing it is incredibly powerful. It, it will help both of you yeah. a lot. Um, the other thing I love is I sometimes hesitate to recommend The Seven Habits, even though it's one of my favorite business books of all time. It's a little complicated. There's a lot of detail in there. It's not an easy listen or an easy read. And the fact that you loved it tells me something. That's a good sign. Yeah, it's very interesting, and uh, it's changing our mindset. Excellent. Yeah, it helps us hold each other accountable for, for certain things. And everything in our life. That, that, yes, there you go. And that's that's the power of you two doing it together and reading the book together and understanding the concepts together. I just love that. Well, I think, you know, we're ready to take this next step. We, we've already put our relationship to the test, been in the truck three years. So I think that uh, we're, we're highly compatible. I, 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 I think that's a, a long enough honeymoon period. I think you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for everything that you and your team does and everybody that calls in and you just we, we Good, good. But yeah, we've learned so much just from just from listening. Excellent. I'll look forward to seeing you in the coaching program. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. All right. Let's go to Texas. Neil, good morning. Uh-oh, let me try that again. I got to hit the button right. Neil, good morning. Hey, um, I had a question that came up uh, while you guys were talking about engine, whatnot, um, and then I have a comment. But the question was, and I don't know if it would be more toward Henry or um, Joel. We had some older Cascadias uh, and 13s that we put on three-quarter engine blocks in. They don't have the best rear end ratios. 
is that power curve different when we put the newer engine in? Does that change, or is it was it different in those generations? So DD15 pulled down way low all the way from the beginning. It really more so than the engine itself, although there's been changes and updates. More of it has to do with the computer program it has in there than anything as far as where the curves are set up. So would we get better performance on that engine if we updated? Because I, I know we reused it yeah, from the old plot, but everything else came you know, sealed from Freightliner. So are we missing advantages because we haven't updated the programming or? Mm, that's a good question. I haven't had anybody try to jump over that from one year to another because there was some changes internally that went along with that too. But just as an, uh, as an opinion here, not being a Detroit guy, I, I, when you look at the architecture of that engine, it's very similar to a Volvo. You have the, uh, a little bit shorter stroke, a little bit longer rod. You're, you don't have that goofy geometry that's forcing the piston up against the liner. And and so, as Henry says, it's comfortable at low RPM. And the reality of the situation is any internal combustion engine, probably the number one thing that's going to impact fuel efficiency, in my mind, is going to be your piston speed. How many times that thing strokes per mile uh, it's a big deal, not only on fuel efficiency, but also in terms of thermodynamics during the combustion process, um, in terms of engine wear and your maintenance. Everything gets better when you can slow that down. You know, I don't know the software well enough on the Detroit side to say, oh, yeah, they could reflash up to this and, and you can run it down a little like that. But uh, if you can, it's definitely going to be worth your time if it's doable. Low RPM. So, yes. The problem they had was getting, that I was going to bring up earlier, was getting people comfortable with it. And to me, there was the only mistake that was made was they went down the, through the gear ratios. There were some that were in the middle of a five mile an hour interval that they could have skipped over. Okay, yeah, this one came with 336. So we were thinking about whether I need to. What transmission is that? 308. It's got a 10-speed manual. That's not that far off. Okay. You have to do the math on it because I'm not used to them, but I'm doing that right now. And, and the manuals are somewhat somewhat limiting in terms of downspeeding, just simply because the amount of work you're going to have to do as a driver is going to go way up if you try to get not very aggressive. So, so, well, your driver's workload will go up. And oftentimes... Because we've been conditioned to think performance, good performance is being able to stay in one gear and hold it. You know, that's what most company drivers and a lot of older operators believe. Man, if I can just put it in a big hole and keep it there, that thing's running good. It's exactly the opposite in reality, but it will increase the driver's workload. So you have to consider that. Um, you know, getting down to 308 with a 10 speed, yeah, it's probably doable. I don't know that I get any more aggressive than that well, with, a, with a manual. I haven't been used to looking at the overdrive ratios in manual, which is 0.73 on that probably. And he's at a 245 overall, so he's not far off. Correct, yeah. And, and, and definitely not far enough to spend the money to change it. 
Probably not. The only thing you get into with the manuals, and we've talked about this, is they, they've got a lot more oil, they've got a lot more rotating mass inside, and they just are not as efficient. So you don't get the same bang for your buck. A 245 with a DT12 um, is going to be pretty damn efficient. The 336 overdrive, even though it's not ideal, will still be pretty efficient. Um, that transmission, it's not the engine, it's going to be the transmission It's going to be the source of your frustration. And, and and changing it is your ROI is just not going to be there, R- right? Yeah, you're better off to find a truck with the right drivetrain in it than to try to rebuild the drivetrain in that truck. Well, I'm going to try and make this one usable as much as I can since we put that crate motor yeah. in last year. Gotcha. Yeah. Then yeah. the only the only statement I had was on on uh, Evan's new friends. Yeah. Um, I think. People need to get very aggressive and loud because it seems like Mac and some of their group's latest uh, campaign is really to eliminate all lease operators. Like yeah. they want to yeah. yeah, they do. I mean, they're they're making that really clear. Yep. And I think people need to see it as a threat because what they're what they're saying sounds very appealing to you know left leaning people. I who the regulators are yeah I, I never thought we'd be fighting yeah, what you're talking about it's it it's even appealing to people that think they're leaning right yeah well that you know that's kind of what i'm shocked yeah, about I, I did not that's so funny yes I, I did not think we had a bunch of liberals as owner operators and, and you know especially most of these guys are our age yeah i don't remember this kind of thought process it, it was rare if ever but here's the other thing uh, neil i agree with you i would love to have a whole bunch of people get noisy um but i will tell people be careful they are attorney happy and and you know as much as i don't want to back down just because of that i've been through it before and it's it's distracting if nothing else I mean, I've got to, you know, get an attorney to protect myself and I, I've got to, it takes time. And, but I, I've decided I, I, I'm not backing down. Their message is so bad. I would recommend people, you know, think about PETA in this because I've been threatened to. And I just would, you know, leave the wildlife out of conversations for now and just focus on the issues at hand. Yeah. Yeah. Good you know, they, they are very much, they're very much, you know, in my opinion, you know, threatening us as competition. You know, and, and I, I do too. And, and they're better. They're making it obvious with their post. I mean, it, it's clear that, you know, I, I'm not misunderstanding what they're trying to do. It almost seems to me like they, they absolutely want to eliminate the independent contractor. And it seems to me like when they get eliminated, they'd rather go be employees. That, that they sound like employees to me. I don't know. I think they think the rates will go up. If you, I, it's kind of convoluted. But well, well, what happens? You eliminate the advantage that other carriers have by taking advantage of other people. It's going to raise the cost and raise their rates. Well, well, let's say they get everything they want. They've been kind of clear that they they think the Motor Carrier Act of 1980 should go away. I wonder if they realize that the high likelihood is they would lose their authority. It, then they don't want you to be able to lease to a carrier. So the only option left is you got to go be an employee if you want to drive a truck. 
but then they can unionize. Exactly. So why don't they just skip yep, all the there bullshit? You, there you go. I mean, skip, skip all the bullshit. Leave us alone to run businesses and go be a union employee. Wouldn't that be easier? Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. With that, right? Don't work in yellow. Exactly. <laughs> they, they have a lot of empty seats at yellow right now. Uh, uh, all right, Neil. Anything else? That's all I got, sir. All right. Thanks for the call. It would be better if a lot of us got really vocal. Uh, We're going to take one more call, and then we're going to wrap this up for today. We're going to head to West Virginia. Joe, you get the final word. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it all, guys. My question, I'm really looking for your opinion. I've got a 2010 Volvo. Uh, I was told the last time I took it in to get the valves adjusted, I will not get another adjustment out of them. So I've been talking with some of the tech who tell you, you know, you could do a head, you could do a motor, you could rebuild it, um, whatever your options might be. Um, You know, a lot of people say, you know, trucks are cheap now, upgrade to a newer truck. Um, I'll just give you a little background. I'm 40 years in this. This is only my fifth truck in 40 years. Um, So I buy trucks used, and I run them a long time. So So, go ahead. Can you a little bit of clarification here? So they told you that you're only going to get one more adjustment out of it, and then what's going to happen? No, no, no. They they told me that the valves are, um, what do they call it? Like recessing into the head. So I will not get oh. another adjustment. Well, what, what, so, did they did they tell you how they verified that? Well, it's one of the good shops that we recommend. Uh, okay, all right, yeah, because yeah, I when, I hear this crap all the time, and people be talking smack just to get you to to buy something. But if it's one of the guys that we recommend, okay. I'm, well, I'll live with yeah. it. I heard, I heard this just the other day on what somebody was telling me, and I've been waiting to hear back on that one. Yeah, so my, you know, my thought process is, again, I run trucks a long time. It's an old truck. It's got 1.2 million on it. But my last one had 1.8 when I got rid of it, and I only got rid of it because somebody hit it. But my thoughts were, you know, when you look at the market on, used truck. You can buy a used truck cheap, but you're into newer trucks. The newer trucks all have more breakable products, I'll call it. I mean, I don't even have death on this. This was just before death. So my thoughts were, you know, I was in one of the shops that we, we, we recommend. I was in one of them yesterday speaking with the owner. And I said, you know, what would you do? I said, you know, rebuild it, get a new one, do the head keep rolling. And he said, well, to rebuild it, you can't get the kit. Okay. So the kits are not available on rebuilds with Volvos. Uh, And we went through different scenarios. These guys, they tell me they can get a brand new motor and put it in the truck. And it's going to cost you about 34,000 by the time you're done. So the money is not the issue. I've got the money. I've planned on a motor on truck. You know, I, I got, 50 grand in a bank account doing nothing. Um, and I've, all my bills are paid. 
you know, I, I'm, I've got no mortgages, nothing like that. So it's not the money issue. And like I said, I keep my trucks a long time. I'm 65. I'm planning to run till at least 70. I feel good. I'm in good shape. I'll probably go past 70 if, if life lets me. So I'm kind of looking for opinions. Do you think okay. I should? Well, no, hold on. Hold on one second. I got a couple. Yeah. Couple, sure. couple questions. Um, rear axle ratio and transmission in your current truck. What do you got? Manual 10 speed and 342s. Okay. Right at seven miles to the gallon. You will do much better than seven if you get the right used truck. That is still unit injectors on that. It is not a common rail truck. It is a manual transmission and not an I-shift. So just based on that right there, that thing's out the door. No way I put any money into it, not with that transmission and, and uh, rear axle ratio. That's me personally. just ain't going to happen because I know the, the potential efficiency and productivity you're going to pick up with a correctly spec truck preferably one with common rail and you're the well and i understand that and i appreciate that mm-hmm. Joel, because you are the mm-hmm. efficiency guy mm-hmm. okay i'm i'm the old school guy i've been the old school guy let's call it with keeping mm-hmm. them forever the trucks as long mm-hmm. as you know you can get the parts and keeping them going so there's no cost except repairs there is a cost. Of course there is. There's the cost of being inefficient. <laughs> you know, yes. Yes, you're right. So, you're right. You know, you, yeah, one of my models was always when I would upgrade, I would try to keep a truck. And like you guys always say, if you, if you can get or buy, buy a newer truck and get one mile per gallon better, the truck is paying for itself. There are okay? times. That's right. So let's yeah. say I do that. Let's say I... Right. So let's say, all right, my truck today, we're just going to put a dollar on it. Let's say it's worth five grand. So I go out and I buy a 2019 or a 2020 in today's market for 50. Mm-hmm. The, I can gain that money back to pay for it. It's going to take probably two years. Uh, but what new, see, I'm always scared of the new devices on the trucks, the computers, the breakdown times. You know, I, I'm always able to get this old girl up and going. You know, I get something wants to shut the truck off or, you know, I know how to get around them. Those have been some of my little artistic. So if you can get around on a 2010, you'll have a much easier time getting around on a 2020. They're more reliable. They're more efficient. They break down way less. Well, everything, everything comes back to, and we'll preach it again, comes back to the piston speed in the engine. So when you think about engine, just engine wear itself to the to the the pistons, the cam, the 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 connecting rods, the bearings underneath. If you've got an engine that's constantly running at fourteen hundred RPM versus one that's running at a thousand, think of the difference in piston strokes every mile you travel. So there's just the base engine is going to last much much longer because there's fewer strokes of the piston. Fewer strokes of the pistons, less parasitic drag, and the potential for better thermal dynamics during combustion. So you've got a lot going for you when you buy a downsped powertrain. You still, on that 2010, have ECMs. In fact, you have more probably electric issues than you're going to have on uh, a a Gen 2, especially uh, D13TC, 
um, if you get into the TC, your efficiency is going to get even better. So uh, I could make a very, very strong argument to just kiss that one goodbye and step into something new. You're not going to, it's not going to be that foreign to you. I'm telling you right now, um, there will be a few little things that are going to be different. It's going to be more important to a mechanic. All that major componentry is very similar. Well, it, it, and if it's spec right, and you take it to one of the shops and you go through it and you set the overhead and they, they inspect everything before you, you get into the truck to catch any problems before you might potentially buy it and you get all your preventative maintenance and you get aggressive on preventative maintenance, run the overhead every year, you know, do all the things that we talk about. You're just not going to have any problems with it or very, hey, very few. Hey, Joe. Yes. I, I assume you listen to this Friday show a lot. Oh, yeah, I listen to as many. But, I've been with you, Kevin, since, you know, I don't know, 14 years, whatever. Yeah, yeah. thanks. So, so, yeah, so think about this. Uh, Joel and Henry come on here, share all their experiences with their trucks. They are running new trucks. They continue to run new trucks. They get newer trucks all the time. How many times have we ever talked about their breakdowns? I can't think of once. You know, I don't... See, I don't have breakdowns either. I've got things well, that well, right. something pops up. You know, I'm I'm never left on the side of the road. Yeah, so I, I always can keep I, running. I, 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 so, stop. so so listen, you're right. That's awesome. Yep. That's on a 2010 with 1.2 million miles. You are good enough to maintain it, inspect it, know something's about to happen, take care of it. What they're telling you is we are now 10 years better than what you're already running. Almost every component on the truck lasts longer than they used to 10 years ago. But the, let, me, yeah. let, me just, let me just throw this at you because this is there's, there's two things that hold me up in life with this. I've spent $137,000 on truck in, in 40 years. Joe, stop right there. Stop. 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 I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Now, <laughs> let 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 the four of us go back through your records and figure out how much more net revenue you would have had had every one of those trucks been ideally specced. It's not just the purchase price. So this oh, is, no, obviously not. In, in fact, even if the trucks were free. Correct. Right. Yeah, this is, this is what catapulted my brother into the position that he's in with Sloger Transportation and their truck fleet. My dad was hardcore old school. Sounds a lot like you're expressing right now. Oh, I don't need to spend that much. We ran two-stroke Detroit up until about 1990. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. because, it, because it still ran. Right. You know, not... And and who right. cares about the fuel mileage? But it's ran. And come uh, on, Joe. <laughs> this kind of mentality was pounded into my head. They are fun. Don't get me wrong. There's a fun factor there. But when you're serious about making money, and this goes to right what this this gentleman's talking about, you know, you're <laughs> you're you're missing the big picture. You're you're laser focused on one aspect, and you're leaving out the rest of the picture that's every bit as important as the one thing that you're looking at. So that efficiency part of it, this is, this is the problem that the old school folks have a hard time getting their head around because they were never really taught to focus on efficiency 
And remember that every dollar that you save through fuel efficiency and maintenance reduction, that goes right to your bottom line. And, you know, it's, it's, go ahead. I I had a, I had a big discussion with a, a friend of mine last night. He's always run the big sleepers and always had brand new. And, you know, we know each other 25 years. We had a big discussion last night, and we're talking, where do you sit today in your life? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I always bought new. You always bought used. I used to look at you and say, you know, it doesn't work. It didn't work for him. He likes shiny and all that. He said, will you tell me the dollars where you're at today in dollars, your, your, your self-worth, what you're worth, you know, dollar-wise in the world? He said, you pissed all over me. He said, your money well, is so much more yours than, than hey, I hey, ever hear. Hey, hey. I, I can make this yeah. exact opposite argument, and this is, this is why I brought my brother into this. When we ran sure. used equipment, we yeah. just barely got by. We made a little bit of money when we figured out the efficiency, and, and this is the key. you got to do your homework before you buy. If you come back on this show and say, I found a Volvo with a 336 red gear and I ship, I'm going to tell you that thing is going to be problematic from day one. So this, all that stuff is extremely important, and we learned this the hard way. So, you know, I can, I can point at my brother and look at his, his net worth, new versus used, and it went just the opposite. He's worth way more running new equipment than he ever was running used equipment. Hey, Joe, let me let me help you with the error in your thinking on that example you just gave us, because I understand why it seems to make sense to you. It's no different. And I'm sure you've heard this over the years. Somebody will call me and say, well, well, I went faster and I got better fuel mileage and I can prove it. And I I won't even question him because (laughs) I, I believe you that could happen. But you haven't taken into account the 82 other factors that go into fuel economy and all the variables. When you're trying to compare your net worth to somebody and all you're looking at is you bought new trucks and I bought used, he, he might spend $82 a day on whiskey and cigarettes. I don't know. There's a million things he could be doing wrong in his personal sure. finances. So, so don't, don't, one, of the other, one of the other differences, though, is I work about 21 days a month. Most guys are working close Joe, to stop 29. It. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, yeah. These are horrible ways to, to look at this. And I'll tell you what you're doing. And, and it's up to you. But if I point this out, maybe it'll help you. You are doing everything to, you yep. can to support the decision you've already made. Yeah, it's, I, listen, I went through the same damn thing when we bought our first two trucks. <laughs> I was as nervous as nervous could be when we signed. I was all for it. I done the numbers. I'm like, this is going to work. It's going to work. I signed the paperwork. I was like, holy shit. You know, and I right. broke out the sweat. I mean, yeah, exactly. What the hell? This has got to work. It's got to. And it works. Just it, 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 of a as long as you've done your homework. And if you're going to go Freightliner, Henry's here to help you. If you want to go another Volvo, I can help you. Make sure you get the spec right because that's key. You've got to get the right truck, and we know how to do that, and we've done it through experience. We've got the numbers to back it up. Henry's truck, as far as I know, has never been on a hook. Mine's never been on a hook. All the units I've had before this have never been on a hook. Um, yeah, mine, my, only my last truck was ever on a hook. 
And that's so you know, the last truck I had 14 years. That was yeah. only on this is, once, but this is well, a very cool because I I wanted yep, a very doable thing. Mm-hmm. It's worked for me for 40 years this way. Wait, wait, Joe, 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 you you keep making okay. statements that are giving you confidence in your thought process, but they're not good statements. You say it worked for you. All we know is that you're still in business. You don't know how much better. And hold on. You yeah, don't. I'm worth 1.5. Fantastic. What if you could have been I'm worth, worth fan, Fantastic. It's irrelevant. So it worked. Well, well, no, it worked. I'll, I'll agree with you. What if there was another way that would have worked even better? <laughs> that's not this well, my point. I agree. That's why I called for your opinions, because I, I was 75 percent down my road. Hey, hey, hey. I said you guys are on today. Today is the best time to call because I get all your opinions let, and you get light on it. Let me give so Let me give you another perspective. I'm working with a guy right now who I doubt that even if he does everything I tell him to do, I doubt that he's going to make it. I'm pretty sure he's going to lose his business. I'm going to work with him. I'm going to try to teach him every lesson I can. And if he fails, he'll have a better chance of coming back again. So, but I can't, as much as I want to help him buy a different truck, I can't. It would be better, but he's not in financial shape to do it. It's too risky. You just told me about your numbers. This has almost zero risk for you. Exactly. It has you, you, could go out, you, you could go out and buy a brand new truck and you are going to do just fine. Yes. You've been in the business long enough. You understand the business. Your hang up right now is, is and you're, you're just like my dad. You sound just like him. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. But he, he done the same thing. He worked his ass off and he done extremely well. He was one of these guys. If you had to work 24 hours straight to get something done, he would do it with a smile on his face. That's what sure. I learned and what you did. Now, when I look back on things, the money that we made in trucking, that was kind of like, despite ourselves, we still made money. And you're in the, you're in the yeah. same boat here. You would go get a new truck. You're going to go, Jesus Christ, this thing drives so nice. And I put myself through all this bullshit. And you'll come to that same conclusion. I made all that money despite having a used truck. And, and that's where I yeah. think this will end up if you decide to pull the trigger on a new one. Well, listen, if it makes you, if it gives you a comfort level to, to rebuild what you got, there's no wrong answer here, really. There's, it, you're it's right, not going to make you right, no matter what. Right. right. There is no wrong answer. That's kind of how I look well, at it. kind of how I look at it, if, except if I'm looking at one mile per gallon better as a, as a standard. Going from seven to eight, and if I got something that got better, you know, I'm I'm almost never sixty thousand pounds. But my my other kicker is my customer I've been servicing for twenty years. They just moved five hundred miles away, and I don't get Mm. their same freight. So that's another part of my scenario that you know it's that risk factor. Am I going to recreate myself again and be happy? Either way, I could buy a motor for thirty-five, or buy a brand new one. Not a brand new one. I would never buy a brand new one. Buy buy a reasonable one. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't buy a new one. I don't pay new cars. 
for the wife. You, yeah, you're just, you can't let yourself do it. I, I know, I, yeah, I know exactly, but I would go buy that new damn truck and enjoy yourself for the last five years. Have some fun with this. You're in the position oh, I to do it. Go enjoy yourself and just forget about everything else and go go have some fun with it. <laughs> I enjoy myself all the time. That's the thing. I don't need to do it. Hey, Joe, 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 stop. Everybody stop or I'm going to mute everybody. My brain is so tired. I'm going to make a decision here. You ready? You ready? Go ahead. Reach into your pocket. Yeah, I'm ready. Reach into your yeah. pocket. Pull out a coin. Yeah. Flip the coin. Yeah. Heads, you buy a new truck. Tails, rebound what you got. And we're going with it. <laughs> and we're going to do this live. Now, let's know where, where it ends up. The only other question, Joel, is uh, back in mm-hmm. June is when they told me, um, you know, the head, the, the valves were um, resetting, whatever the term is. I don't receive it. Thank mm-hmm. you. And they said, you know, you'll probably get a year because we were always adjusting the valves once a year. And I usually only sure. do, you know, 90,000 90, a year. But so, mm-hmm. you know, you want to get the best value. Do, you, do I just run it? Up until June, that'll be about 90,000 miles from last time, or should I just... I mean, I keep saying, if a truck falls on my lap, you know, I keep my eyes and ears open all the time. looking. For, that's how I usually buy. You know, I only uh, bought this truck because my other one, I was going to... It was an 01. I was going to freshen it up, and then it got sure. totaled. So I had this sure. ready to go as a, as a spare while my other truck was going to be in the shop. But I keep saying, if it falls on my lap, if I see it, and it's a good deal, miles are good, yeah, I just buy it. Or do right. I, you know, can I, a year, can I, when I tell you, you, go ahead. I just want to jump in and opine on this one. So, channel my inner Kevin, I think. So, yeah. rather than, if I can use Kevin's phrase, holding the steering wheel and wait for a truck to fall into your lap, why don't you stop holding the steering wheel and drive your business? And by that, I mean, Go figure out what the right spec truck is. So if, if it's a Volvo and I did it, you know, say, okay, could it be, you know, and you said 60,000 pounds. Are you usually above it or below it? Below it. I'm almost never okay, great. above that. Yeah. Perfect. Then, you know, you need to get something that's got a tall rear end ratio, like a, you know, if it's a used truck, you, you might find a 2.47 with an overdrive. That would be a great setup. Um, going to be hard to find maybe a 2.64 with an overdrive um truck that fit yeah a six by two would be better still um figure out what the right truck is and then go look for it rather than waiting for you know a compromised truck because you know it sounds like you don't know what the right truck spec is that's perfect for your business and that's i think going to help you more than anything else Look for the right truck. It may take you until next June to find it. Can I chime in on something here quick yet? Yeah, I know you didn't like the comment. No, no. Well, you know, I hope that you'd buy, you know, a Freightliner or Western Star, but that's not where I was going. Regardless of the brand, it's amazing. Even if I get in the previous generation of Cascadia how much they've improved year over year over quietness, comfort, ride. And when you talked about having your career 
go yes go go out to seventy or more. That truck will help you to get there. That I'll tell you, I've got a I got to mute myself. I've got a heated and massage seat here, and yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I'm 54. I get aches and pains. I sit in this thing, and it's like heaven. <laughs> and you can just drive all day. You got the massage going, the heat going, the the truck's taking care of the gears for you. It's quiet. Um, I mean, the headlights are so much better. Everything about the truck is better and much easier. And obviously, you know this already, the older you get, the more important that stuff is really going to become to you. And uh, I, that's the man. You're at a point in your life where it, it enjoys the rest of the ride. That, that, I don't care about the fuel efficiency, anything else. Enjoy the rest of the ride in a comfortable no, truck just, and not going to beat the hell out of you. I, I've always enjoyed what I do. The truck, mine's a 780. It's a 2010 780. I had a 770 mm-hmm. before that. I mean, they're, they're all comfortable. They're all quiet. These are good. These are Volvo makes a, a very good product. This is my third Volvo. My first was a mm-hmm. 95. So, you know, Volvo's got a great product in my eye. I like them. Mm-hmm. I get my use out of them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to... I'll find another Volvo. I'm sure. I'm sure that's the way I'm going to go. And that's why I wanted you guys to try to pound some information into my head. We can't pound any you know, harder. I, could, I can spit it out. <laughs> I know. I got, I, I got the message. Uh, I think the, I got the, the ass once the, or twice. <laughs> the, the only way we could pound any harder is if we find you in a truck stop and drag you out of the truck and actually pound on you. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's go back to where you're located. We can do that. <laughs> Alex said, you know, 264s or 247s with an overdrive. Which motor is that, though? Which is the variable geometry turbo. The variable geometry or no? Well, now, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's going to be the most common option available to you. And that is the variable. 247, right, will work will work relatively well with it. The TC is going to deliver better fuel efficiency. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, so either one is fine. The oh, TC, I think, came out at, at the end of 2018, going into 19, I believe. And the Gen, that's the Gen 1, and it went to, uh, what, 20? Um, ideally, you'd get a Gen 2 because they made a lot of, improvements to it to improve the efficiency of the engine if you're looking at a TC. But I'll tell you what, if you're serious about looking at this stuff, me and Alec can help you out. Uh, you know, if we can get together here, uh, uh, Alec, can you get them some contact information and, and then we can just, we can help them out if, if that's the way he wants to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Maybe, uh, you know, off the air or whatever, somebody can uh, get the information to Lisa and, you know, and yeah, let me, uh, here's what I'll do. We're, we're going to end the show. Uh, I'm putting Joe back in the queue. Joe, don't hang up. I'm putting you back in the queue. Then I'm going to put Alec in yep. the queue, and Morgan will get the information and transfer it, and we'll be all set. Appreciate it. Oh. Thanks very much. All right. Uh, no final words. Thanks. We've had enough words today. A lot of words. I don't want to hear words anymore. So we are done. I will see you back here next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. 
be profitable, be fit and healthy, always do the hard work and master the journey.